creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Before any of us existed, these lands were the home of the Dakota tribe. The fertile Mississippi Valley became the place for their tribe to flourish and grow. Though the land was welcoming to them, conflicts, disease, and other trials have resulted in a tragic history for the Dakota. Today on Culture Click, we cover the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance gathering in Unity Park to hear the stories of individuals who cherish the native cultures of Winona. Join us on our journey to peace on today's Culture Click. When I first arrived at the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance, they were in a circle talking about their heritage. Some were about stories of the importance of the water, others were about their creator god and the influence he has on nature. After the discussions, the peoples dispersed and I chose to talk to some of the attendees. Hi, my name is Doreen Maish and I've been um, with the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance since 2004 when it first began. Um, the cultural is beautiful, and every year I, I, uh, it's an experience all in itself. I get excited about it. Um, I first started out with my volunteering, and then I moved up to the board. I became a committee member, and I, I'm getting up there in age now, so I step back, but I always help them. I, uh, the culture is beautiful. I've made eagle feather holders. I've made ribbon skirts. I've done some um, star quilts. I mean, a lot of food cooking recipes. What would you say makes you the most excited to come to this event each year? Or is this a yearly event? That should be another question. It's the healers for the land. The jingle dancers that get out there, they heal our land for us. There's a, there's a lot of uh, things from the culture that are brought here. Uh, which culture specifically? I just want to pinpoint it for our audience. Well, this here is for the Dakota people, um, but it is now, right now, it's for all nations. The languages are, are amazing. The arts are amazing. I wish they would have more co culture brought here to the Unity Park. Now, when you say the jingle dancers, I think you said, yes. uh, when you say they heal the land, how does that work? Can you explain that to us? When they dance, they're healing. Their, their prayers are sent up to the Creator. You know, that's uh, very impressive. Why does the land need healing? Um, what, what does it need healing from? It's stolen land. A lot of blood was shed on this land. A lot of people lost their lives because of all of this. It's sad. Do you think the land would ever fully recover? Or do you think uh, healing is necessary for... Oh, I'm sorry, did I? At this point, she became overcome with emotion and tears began to stream down her face. I hope it does. You know, right, right now we're kind of, in a, 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 kind of in a rut. You know, because it still continues to go on. Um, our water supplies are getting low and contaminated. Um, there's a lot of issues. We need to take care of our, our land. We are caretakers of it, if that makes sense to you. 
Do you got it all now? <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bring up some s such uh, painful emotions. I, I know it is painful, but I, I, it is important for our audience to hear this stuff and, and to get why this whole thing, this whole event is important. It's to welcome. This is their homeland. This is their homeland. I was told when I was a little girl that this land was plentiful and this is their land. Was well, there anything you'd like to say to our audience before the interview ends? I, I think I said it all, hey? I touched kind of every ground. Well, I just wish there were more um, culture events that took place here, you know, and, and healing and stuff like that. It would be so, so good for the whole, you know, city here. But I thank you. I do. Thank you for doing this interview with us. You're welcome. As we were going to see our next interviewee, she pointed out a red dress flowing in the wind. But that red dress, that's uh, for the missing, murdered women and children. We are very high in this country um, as far as missing, murdered women and children. It's kind of sad. She then pointed out a tent that had handprints all around the base of it. On the handprints were the names of several individuals. The little handprints, that represents um, the 38 plus 2 that, were, that Abraham Lincoln hung. You know, that was the... That was just sad. Can you, get, can you care to elaborate on that story? The 38 plus 2, uh, Jim Miller, uh, he ran for memory of the, them because that, that they, it was unjustified. It was all about the land. Anyhow, because they were leaders and they were the strong men, they were murdered. They were hung. Abraham Lincoln gave the okay for them to be hung. So when you ever hear of the 38 plus two, that's what that's all about. Some people sit down and celebrate Christmas and some people sit down and um, mourn their ancestors. And Martin is actually uh, a veteran and he's also a member of the 38 plus two. If you go up to Mankato, um, you'll find that it's a very interesting place up there. You can find a lot of information. Our next interview was with Martin Bernard. I'm Martin Bernard. I'm with the uh, Gordon Weston Lodge American Indian Veterans. We've been coming to support this uh, Winona Dakota Unity Gathering since its inception. And uh, we've been coming almost every year for it. Uh, not counting the COVID years, but uh, yeah, we've been pretty much involved with, with, uh, with the organization since it started. What would you say this event means to you personally? Uh, it means uh, it means a lot to, to get the people together, like the uh, the non-Indians and the Indians together to talk and trying to work out their differences to 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 re reconcile is what they were talking about at the beginning, and it's good to see them to get together and try to understand each other, and sometimes that's very hard because we all have our uh, prejudices and. Uh, we can't work through them sometimes, and um, we hold on to those prejudices, and uh, and we don't work together. So we need to get rid of those prejudices, those angers, those fears, those feelings, 
and and accept each other for who we are and not not be, not by the color of our skin but what's inside of us now um i was i was being told about this tent here uh yep. and for me you said the 38 plus two yep all right um and there was a, a bit of history given to me on that and they said you were a member of the 38 plus two uh, I am a member of the Gordon Weston Lodge that honors the 38 plus two. We uh, we honor them by uh, by putting their names on our, our teepee, carrying uh, an eagle feather staff that represents the 38 plus two. And so we are, in a way, honoring them, uh, supporting them, and uh, and uh, trying to. Tell the history of, of, of the 38 plus 2 and uh, how they met their end and um, and just just the history of some of them. And well, what What is that history, if you mind telling me? The history is uh, 1862, the 38 were, 38 were hung with the largest mass hanging in the United States. It was December 26, 1862. Now, what led up to that was this uprising of the uh, Dakota. They weren't getting their rations that were promised to them by the American government. And uh, the American government repeatedly denied them rations, denied them uh, a lot of things out of the treaties. Because if you look at the history of the United States, they never honored one treaty. They broke every treaty with the native peoples. So... In a sense, they were starving. Uh, they didn't get their rations, and so they rebelled against the Dakota. I mean, the white people because of what the way they were treating them. And eventually, they had the uprising, and then the, then the white the whites put it down, and uh, they were gonna eventually to start. They were gonna hang over three thousand Dakota people, but uh, Lincoln got it down to just the 38 to be hung in a mass hanging in this, on December 26, 1862. And so that's why we honor them because they gave their lives for their people. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, they honor them in Mankato every year in September with a powwow, a chibi, and, uh, and uh, that's pretty much what what the TP represents, their names are all around the, on the bottom. Do you happen to have that staff with you today? Yeah, we got the staff, but it's not here right at the moment. Uh, it's in our van, and the guys have the van, they're out someplace. So, yeah, so they'll be back later with, with the van. The staff is inside of it. Right. You said you, uh, your organization has been here since the founding of this event, yes. and it's held yearly. So, what keeps what keeps bringing you back to it? Like I said, the, the, this attempt at reconciliation with the, with the, between the whites and, and and the natives to try to try to get that that uh, friendship going, keep it going, to uh, educate the white people about the Dakota people, and uh, and just working at that every year, trying to do it every year, and. Uh, and that's basically why we come here because because we helped with the start of the or, of this organization 
and we just came along. We did, you know, and, and we're here to support it every year as much as we can since we are part of it. Do you think it's been successful at what it's trying to do? It, it has been successful because at one time they were educating a lot of the uh, grade school kids. We were bringing them here for an education day and they were teaching them about the uh, some of the history of, of the Dakota and the, and the different things that the Dakota did, like their medicine and their, their, their um, culture, their uh, ceremonies, their traditions, and they were teaching that. And uh, lately it's, it, it, it kind of died off because I think because of the COVID uh, scare and all of that, and, uh, and that's helped in some sense, I, I guess, because uh, when I was married, I married a lady from here, her name was Linda, and she told me when she found out about the history of the Dakota and and, and the history here of this as being Wapasha's cap up there, that, that rock up there. He gestured towards the rock formation that we know as Sugarloaf. It was called Wapasha's cap. This used to be his campgrounds where they camped. And um, she said that when she was growing up, that she, through grade school, they never taught him anything about the Dakota history or nothing. She didn't know anything about it, which was kind of sad because nobody taught it. So <laughs> I don't know why, but maybe they were just trying to forget us or whatever, but maybe they hopefully thought we would die off, but <laughs> we haven't, so. This might be a bit of a hard question to answer, but what do you think is the future between the relations of the Dakota and the white men? As long as we have our prejudices and our angers, and it's not going to be, there's not going to be that true coming together of, of of the two races until the white society comes to terms with the fact that they honestly, truly treated the Indian people, the indigenous people, very bad. And they swept it under the rug. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to accept the, f- the fact that they were guilty of something. Until they do, until they do accept that guilt and then work from there to heal, they will never, it will, there will never be a true coming together of, of, the, of the two peoples. They need, to, they need to accept the fact that they did wrong. Admit it. Publicly admit it. Saying, I'm sorry, we did wrong, we treated you guys wrong, but now we want to, we want to work to, to improve it, to make it better, to help you, you know, indigenous people to have a better life. Until we do that, uh, as long, you know, as long as the white man holds on to his prejudices and his anger and everything else, that he will always think he's bigger than or better than the native people. See, America isn't that shining city on a hill. They want want history to think that, but it's not. If you really look at the history of the way they treated people, the black people, the indigenous people, there will always be that, that I am superior to you, I am better than you, until they get to the point where they say we are equals. There will never be that. Do you believe there's prejudices between uh, the Dakota towards the white man as well? Sure, yeah, because uh, 
because of the way they treated us. We know the history of it all. And they, and they carry their anger just like the white men. That's why they need to get together like we, we try to do with this gathering is have a reconciliation and have a talking circle so that people can talk it out, hash it out or whatever they want to do and then and work from there. Well, I want to thank you for your time. Is there anything you'd like to say before I end the interview? Mm, no, I'm just, <laughs> I said a little, you know, what, I, what was in my heart. So. And that's all we asked for. Thank you so much for your time. Yep, thank you. After Martin, the jingle dancers that were mentioned began performing. During this performance, I noticed an artist sitting at a table with different amounts of artists in front of him. I decided to interview him. My name is Lyle Miller senior and my association with this event is that I'm part of the veterans group of the Gordon Gordon Weston Lodge. And I see you're doing a a bit of art here. Would you like to elaborate on that? I've been an artist for decades. um, Teaching. I taught um, elementary through high school art at a Crow Creek Tribal Schools for 20 years and I've been, my long-term plan is to do my art for for um, the rest of my day, my days you still teach today you never stop teaching you know it's, it's always somebody that comes along wants to learn something so whether it's in the classroom or whether we're walking in life somebody always wants to learn something new so I'm always happy to share what I know. I'm seeing some of your art here, and uh, you clearly take inspiration uh, from your heritage. Um, what would you say is the largest aspect you want to share through your art? The um, history and culture of my people are um, of utmost importance to this homeland that is what they call America. Underneath, there were 560-plus tribes before America. So I used the historical, cultural, um, all everything that I can learn about myself and teach it through my art by representing my, my long-ago people with my artwork. Uh, where would someone find your artwork usually? Um, all across the United States and internationally, but um, you can go to um, Akta Lakota Museum in Chamberlain, South Dakota. Um, you can go to Q Jewelry in Mitchell, South Dakota. And these are just some small venues that, that I've got my work at. You know, the, that because I'm from the state of South Dakota, I, I represent in those areas. Why would you say you use art as a medium to share your culture? Because a lot of us are visual learners. Some of us are auditory and some of us are kinesthetic. So it incorporates um, those, those aspects of our different ways of learning. And it's always good to use your eyes. It's always good to adapt to people's learnings and show them, you know, this is... This is what you can do with your your hands and your eyes. Um, With your voice, they're listening. With their eyes, they're seeing.
And what would you say really, uh, what would you say really catches your attention with this event? What really makes you find value here? Wolakota, the peace, the peace um, of a of a place that I've never been to before, but I'm here today, and I see that um, everybody here is is willing to have that peace within them and bring it forward and share share it with the other people. Yes, peace is uh, as one of the um, ideas that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, a lot of people are trying to get to. Uh, what would you say gets in the way of that? People who aren't open-minded. They're not willing to to look at peace as an alternative, and that's you know that's a big um, that's a big blockage to a better tomorrow if you're not willing to open your mind up to the, the concept of what peace peace is all about. Before I end this interview, is there anything you'd like to share with our audience? A good time here at this gathering. That's what it's for, for the people to come together. And when you go in that circle, everything is possible. And you'll find that you take that gift with you when you leave here. Well, thank you for doing this interview with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. The event continued with many of the participants being encouraged to sing, dance, eat, and take part in the Dakota culture. Though the events of COVID-19 have taken the event back a couple years, it is very evident that the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance is holding to its name at bringing unity between Winona and the Dakota. Thanks again to the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance and our speakers for being on today's Culture Click. To see more about the Winona Dakota Unity Alliance, check out WinonaDakotaUnityAlliance.org. To hear more about Winona and the surrounding community, tune in to Culture Click Thursdays at 12.30 right here at 89.5 KQAL. I'm Giovanni Bermudez. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.